The following is a sermon that was preached at Good News Lutheran Church in Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. It was preached on Sunday, March 19, 2023, on the basis of Isaiah 42, verses 14 through 21. For more information or to view our entire sermon library, visit goodnewslc.org. Thank you for listening. So I have a question. If you had been born blind, and if you had lived your entire life completely unable to see, but then all of a sudden some treatment came along, some cure, some pill or some drop, some procedure that you could go through, would you want to? Would you make use of some sort of treatment that would enable you to see instead of being blind? That probably sounds like one of those rhetorical questions that pastors like to ask during sermons, but I'm actually going to need an answer on this one. So just give me a nod of your head if you would rather be able to see than be blind. Okay, so it's not just me then. You see, recently I heard about this idea that evidently is floating around in our world in places like academia and philosophy that would suggest that even beyond being as compassionate as we can possibly be and being as accommodating as we can possibly be to someone who would have any sort of disability, we should actually no longer even assert that any given ability is the preferred state of affairs over its corresponding disability and that we should no longer even assume that being able to cure someone of a given disability would automatically be the thing that we would want to do. In other words, we shouldn't even say that sight is the preferred condition to blindness, or that if a cure for blindness would come along, that we would automatically want to make use of it. I guess I'll let you decide for yourselves if that sounds as odd to you as it sort of sounded to me when I first heard it. But perhaps we can all agree that it would for sure be bizarre to state just the opposite. That if you were born completely able to see, if you had lived your entire life with fully functioning eyesight, that it would somehow be better, that it would somehow be an improvement if that were to change. If suddenly, instead of being able to see, you were instead blind. As bizarre as it would sound to suggest such a thing, that very idea sort of presents a challenge to this concept that we've been talking about throughout the season of Lent. This concept that what Adam, the first man, lost for the human race is actually surpassed by what Christ, the last and ultimate man, won for the human race. That what Christ has won for us is even greater than what Adam lost for us. Well, one of the things that Adam lost for us is sight. Where we started this season of Lent back in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve were able to see the works and the ways of God with perfect 2020 vision. Every leaf on every tree, every feathered bird, every furry mammal, every hair on their head, every cell in their skin was crystal clear display of the goodness and the power of God. 
But when they brought sin into the world, they lost that sight. Yes, the Bible tells us that in a certain sense, their eyes were actually opened and that they now could see and know both good and evil. But along with that newfound sight came a newfound blindness. No longer would God's works and God's, God's ways always be obvious to them. In fact, because of the presence of evil in the world, God's ways would often remain hidden, completely out of sight. So how in the world can that be better? Well, the people in Isaiah's day certainly didn't think that it was better. After we started the season of Lent in the Garden of Eden, we've also heard how eventually God promised one man named Abram that God would take his descendants, his family, and make them his special chosen people, and that the land that God brought Abram to would be their special possession. The week after that, last week, we heard how God brought the children of Abraham out of slavery in Egypt through a barren wilderness to take possession of that promised land. And so it's no surprise that in Isaiah's day, the people would just naturally assume that now that they had taken possession of that land, that God would do whatever needed to be done to make sure that they kept it. And even when the people seemed to be in danger, even when the land that they possessed seemed to be in a little bit of jeopardy, they could always see some path forward. Maybe God would do this. Or maybe we could try that. No matter what door closed, they could always see another one that remained open. Until God spoke to them through the prophet Isaiah. And he told them that eventually a kingdom known as Babylon would conquer them. That they would destroy their capital city and their magnificent temple and they would carry them off into captivity. God's people sort of evaporating into thin air and no longer possessing the land that he had promised them. No more paths forward, just a dead end. No more open doors, all of them slammed shut. The day would arrive when God's work and God's ways would be completely hidden, when total blindness would set in. You can understand why they would struggle with that a little bit. You can understand why many of them spent the intervening years living in complete denial of what God had said. You can understand why people still today struggle with that very thing. It is natural for us to assume that we ought to be able to see the things that God is up to in our lives. And even when things get a little bit dicey for us, it's natural for us to assume that we will always still be able to see some path forward. Every time one door closes, another one that we can see still remains open. So one cancer treatment for mom didn't work, but the doctor says there's another one that we can try. The resolve and the determination that we woke up with this morning, determined not to do that thing that we know we shouldn't do, sort of evaporated into thin air, but tomorrow's another day. That value and worth we were looking for as human beings in 
our education, our degree, our accomplishments, our career sort of didn't pan out the way we had planned, but, but at the very least, we can still be the world's best husband and the world's greatest dad. Well, eventually the day comes along when a sickness sets in and there are no more options for treatment. Eventually the day comes along where some sin or some struggle haunts us for our entire lives, no matter what we do. Eventually the day comes when no matter where we try to find our value, life leaves us feeling totally worthless. The day that comes along when God's work and God's ways in our lives seem to be totally hidden and total blindness sets in. So again, how in the world can that possibly be better? Well, Isaiah also had that message for the people of God. He said to them, I will lead the blind by ways they have not known. Along unfamiliar paths, I will guide them. You see, the beauty of us not being able to see is that what God is up to in our lives is not confined or restricted to the sort of things that we can envision and we can imagine. In fact, being blind sort of by definition guarantees that what God is going to do is something we could never imagine. It sort of guarantees that the path God is going to open for us is one that we would have never been able to see on our own. In the case of the people of Israel, God was going to do something that up until that point was completely unheard of. This kingdom of Babylon that was going to conquer them would eventually be conquered by a kingdom called Persia. And one of Persia's rulers by the name of Cyrus was actually going to issue a decree that God's chosen people were allowed to go back to the land God had promised them. This people that had evaporated into thin air were once again going to condense and were going to return to their homeland. God would once again have a people that were his very own. Not a people that he had somehow protected from evil or insulated from evil, but a people that he had rescued out of and redeemed from evil. And what God did for the people of Israel was really meant to also then foreshadow what God would do for the entire human race through his son Jesus Christ. God has delivered us from our enemies and from the evil that threatens us in ways that we could have never imagined. In fact, you could make a pretty strong case that it was the one day in history when God's work and God's ways were the most
the seminary course with us this morning. And perhaps you've been to a concert before where you found yourself closing your eyes so that you could fully enjoy the music that you were hearing. But I'm not suggesting that you should close your eyes because it would somehow help you concentrate better. I'm not suggesting that if you cut off all visual stimulation, it would somehow enhance your sense of hearing. No, there's a significance to what you are hearing this morning that goes well beyond the fact that it is just well-crafted and well-executed music. I hope you have noticed that this concert is sort of structured and set up in a way that is very similar to every service that we have here at Good News when we gather here in God's house. In fact, it is designed to do the exact same thing that all of our services are designed to do, that from start to finish, they point us to the work of our Savior, Jesus Christ. They are one giant building from beginning to end, pointing us to the path that our Savior, Jesus, walked for us. And if that is the case, then it is most certainly true that the preferred state of affairs 